a brand new story, 14 years in the future. It's time to jump aboard the wonder in Evangelion 3.33. You can not redo. Now, Eric, does there, is there a special meaning if it says you can redo? Do you like that all of his titles have this like uh, parentheses choice? Yeah. Well, this one, of course, is the most tongue in cheek so far um, because he definitely redoes, <laughs> <laughs> but kind of or tries to tries to, but kind of ends in the same place as. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking about that, you know, like he kind of ends in the same place as like the 24th episode of Evangelion does. Like it's it's not too far off, but welcome back to Monsters vs. Men. This is the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting Airwaves. This week we're discussing Evangelion 3.33. You can apparently redo. Mm-hmm. If you choose to. If you choose to. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, man. I'm uh, I'm excited for this, and I cannot wait to finish this series because I have not seen the last movie. Yeah, it's a long one, man. Yeah, the it's like a two, movie. Is it, how long is it? It's is it just like, two hours? No, it's over two hours. It's like two hours and twenty minutes or something like that. I'm that makes me even more excited because I really <laughs> like these movies a lot, so I don't mind. <laughs> oh man, that's great. Uh, yeah, no. Let's get into it because I think we'll probably have enough to talk about for yeah. a long episode if we needed to. For sure. <laughs> Why for don't sure. you give us our film introduction? Okay. We both mentioned last week that 1.0 and 2.0 were essentially a retelling of Neon Genesis Evangelion, despite a few key changes. However, this week, it may be harder to make such a claim. Did the immediate changes take getting used to, or did you immediately vibe with a redo? Well, I'm glad you asked about the beginning of the film and and the immediate changes that take place right there at the beginning, Alex, because I think it's probably going to be easiest to start with those first 30 minutes and take this film review pretty much chronologically. I think those first 30 minutes are incredibly chaotic and they're chaotic on purpose, leaving the viewer feeling a lot like Shinji. I know I did (laughs) like, I just Mm -hmm. woken up after 14 years have seemingly vanished. Now, personally, (laughs) I found myself trying to catch up, right from the opening minutes. And I don't necessarily mind this, but uh, because I did think it set the tone, I did feel like the action felt a little chaotic as well. And so there was this mix of the plot being chaotic because you're not quite sure what's going on and the action feeling a little jumbled. And immediately I was feeling kind of stressed to watch the film, which I don't think is a great start to this one. (laughs) Um, But I do think I was able to shake that off. Uh, I thought at first that maybe we had a completely new Shinji because of how Masato treated him. But, you know, come to find out, she, along with everybody else, just blamed Shinji for the near third impact. Now, you've seen this before. Did you feel that same way about the film's opening? Yeah, I'm actually really surprised by how little I remember of this. Yeah. (laughs) Like of, of the three movies, the most recent one that I've seen, I remember the least amount about, um, 
But because it's the most new, right? Probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Um, and I, I think when I watched it, I was in the process of like moving, so I had a lot of other things going on, mm-hmm. and so I probably wasn't as focused as I normally would have been. Um, but I do. I actually really like the opening a lot. Um, I do. I think the opening is kinetic and fast paced, and I actually. I mean, it is a little chaotic, but I actually think it flows really well. I actually, I'm surprised that I feel so different about it from you um, because I I was actually able to follow everything that was happening without any trouble. Like Mm. the space scene is just, oh, it's a favorite of mine. Uh, That plus the music that's going on when this is all happening again, another movie with another, um, yeah, another movie with great music. Um, But you do begin to wonder probably 20 minutes in, if this film is just going to be balls to the wall the whole time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, cause it, it's, it's pretty relentless for uh, a total of 30 minutes. And it, I, for me at that 20 mark, 20 minute mark, I, I actually thought to myself, I was like, man, there's a lot of action in this. I bet Eric's going to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I didn't mean the film overall, but just like how much there was, well, especially like once we get the flying ships, Followed by, like, <laughs> you know, then we get this awesome prison escape aided by uh-huh. a friend turned maybe foe Ray yeah. and what looked like Unit Zero, uh, but wasn't. It, it's just jarring and exciting. But from there, the pace really slows down. But that's definitely not a bad thing because it would have been a, it would have been exhausting, like, kind of like you said, uh, and stressful if it had just been that the whole time mm-hmm. because. Then we get to catch up with Shinji, and we get to see the building of our friendship. And really, we get to just investigate this brave new world of Evangelion that we have not been to before. Yeah, no, you're right. No, honestly, it's it's not the fact that we get 20 minutes of straight action at the beginning. It, it, it's actually, so I was, look, I, when uh-huh. I was looking at it, it's 31 minutes, yeah. I think, or 32 minutes of just like I, <laughs> relentlessness. Honestly, if, I think, if, I, if I watched it again... I think I would be able to, you know, kind of get my bearings a little bit better and a little bit sooner. It was that space scene is it's visually stunning. Yeah. I just am not sure what like it didn't. It felt more of like um, just almost chaotic jungle action versus like this um, succinctly choreographed action. It looked great. Hmm. But I was just having trouble even really following like what action was taking place, yeah, and I was just kind of like, "Whoa! Like, what is like happening here? So much is happening, I can't like follow." Yeah, there's one of my favorite parts of that space scene is when Asuka attaches herself to Shinji's thing, and she swings all the way around. But you're right; like it, it's mm-hmm. it, it's so fast. I could see it's easy to get lost in, but mm-hmm. I really. For, I I'm really enjoying the I guess the insanity of that that yeah. that free fall moment. It's so cool. Yeah. Well, despite my complaints about that opening, I do think the world building was pretty fantastic. Ano somehow created a brand new world within mm-hmm. an already established world that actually started, I think, in the last film when we had those space scenes and we saw that bird's eye view of the uh, I like Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, this new setting feels heavily influenced by steampunk and cyberpunk predecessors. Uh, and I like that new feel. It feels right, I think, for Evangelion in the direction that we would see 14 years later, right? In mm-hmm. this almost po- post-apocalyptic world. 
Masato feels betrayed uh, or hardened, I would say, by betrayal. Ritsuki feels confident and poised. And I hope we get more of both of those characters in the next film, as I don't think we spent much time here with them. And I think their development left a little to be desired. However, the one thing that this film did, I complained about in the original series, was Kaoru. Um, and the, the development of that character. My favorite scenes in this one, I think, are the ones in the middle where the pace does slow down, like you mentioned, and we get that relationship that develops between Kaoru and Shinji. To me, Kaoru becomes the voice of potential for Shinji, the voice of hope. He presents a future that Shinji can find himself in, but he also doesn't hide Shinji from the truth. Mm-hmm. There seems to be this genuine compassion within him, which I do think we saw in the series, but the fact that he's, you know, he's surprised by the fact that he's a villain at the end really yeah. tells me a lot about this sort of turn of the character. The friendship building scenes, I thought they felt they reminded me of the camaraderie scenes in Neon Genesis between Shinji and Asuka, where, you know, where they were Asuka and they were trying to sync up here, though, mm-hmm. Shinji doesn't even have a purpose for syncing up um, that he knows about yet. Right. There is a purpose later on. Uh, with uh, Ava 13, but he's just thinking up because he is into this relationship, right? Because he's connecting. So it's great to see Shinji in this sort of light and makes the ending that much more devastating. Yeah, it, it really does. And, you know, Kawaru is like this kind of breath of fresh air for him because of his honesty. But there is also, you have to keep in mind that Kawaru is actually manipulating Shinji as well with those piano moments because he is purposely trying to get him to play with him to sync because he knows the end goal. Mm. He's not surprised when it's a duel, when the uh, the Eva shows up and they're both supposed to operate it together. Yeah. Um, like Shinji is. And what I really like is, uh, is the manipulation by Gendo. He seems more vile than he did in the series. And real quick, so with Karuru, though, I agree with you. I think he does know that eventually he'll have to sync up with Shinji. Yeah. Shinji doesn't know, but he knows. Right. But I I, I still don't sense, like, a menace in his I don't either. You know, it's like he knows this, but it doesn't change the fact that he's still fascinated and truly believes what he says when he says, like, it seems like the purpose of my life is to meet you, right? Yes. Um, I think he believes that uh, and is, is actually completely full of wonder for Shinji. So, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think there is that element there, but I don't know if it's manipulation. I guess it is manipulation. It is. But <laughs> but, but it's, it doesn't feel without like... Without a like, menace, you know, like at the end, right. he seems to be have... have pretty pure motivations and then finds out these motivations that I had are not turning out. He seems genuinely (laughs) shocked, right? Which I loved. I love that moment. He's like, this is genuinely not what I expected. I was wrong. (laughs) Um, And this is not good, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's, that's all interesting. But anyway, Gendo, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Gendo, Gendo, he seems more vile. I mean, he, when Gendo, and while Gendo is a baddie in the series, mm-hmm. uh, he feels just so much more ominous in the rebuild. Well, he movies. has shades now. He has shades he, now. He has those Alex. sweet shades. He also has less time. Um, 
he hasn't really been present in the movies a whole lot, which leads to him being even more ominous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like that we get to see the building of the friendship between uh, Shinji and Kawaru. Um, I forgot that they had the single unit, uh, Eva 13. Like, mm-hmm. I, I completely forgot that they did, did that. I thought that they, I remembered them uh, getting into the separate uh, Evas to work, work together. And I was mm-hmm. like, completely wrong. So, but either way, it's kind of like you said, like it's a familiar plot point. Like, you, uh, and what I really like, it's just this really effective spin on that element. Yeah. While we are 14 years in the future in a completely different world, Bono is still bringing familiar plot points into these movies, but with a fresh spin. That's yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also just really love that final set piece. It's just like, it's awesome. Just the atmosphere when they go down there with all the skulls sitting down there. And then is it Lilith that's hunched over with those two spears in it? Um, I think it's Lilith. Lilin, yeah. I don't know. No, no, the Lilin are humans. Okay. Um, I'm not sure. I think Lil- and then Lilith is where all the humans came from. Okay. All right. Um, all right. The, the, but the realization that, like you said, that Kawaru has... Like, because he he's this character that feels like he has all the answers, right? Mm-hmm. It feels like he knows so everything confident. that's going yeah. to happen. He's confident. He's, I mean, he's he's the whole. He seems all the, knowing, you know. He, he does. Seems all knowing. He does seem all knowing. Um, and it turns out that he is being played too. Yeah, which is by awesome. Gendo. <laughs> by Gendo, yeah. and it's awesome. Because he seems like he's in on it. He really does seem like he's in on it for me. Like, it, I don't sense malice from him, from it, but like you said, he's all-knowing. And for him to be completely wrong is kind of like a jaw-dropping dro- moment when you realize, yeah. like, oh, he has no idea. It, but I will say, you know, my biggest frustration with this film mm-hmm. is kind of an anime trope that I see happen a lot. And yeah. it's that, you know, he's holding his head realizing that something's wrong. He's like processing his thoughts. He's not in pain, but he's like processing his thoughts, but he keeps saying to stop and that they, maybe they shouldn't do that, but he doesn't try to stop. Hmm. Not until they already get separated. And it's like five minutes of him. being like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, do something. Quit saying it. What to are you me, doing? Yeah. I read that as he recognized the, the, what was happening, but he also knew there was nothing he could do to stop it, which plays into this. But yeah, he could have until until Shinji separated the pods or whatever he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it's like it go, kind of goes into this all knowing thing. It's like somewhere down the line, he had made this mistake, right? He had made this miscalculation. Mm-hmm. But once he had figured out, oh, I've made this miscalculation, then he realized, crap, there's nothing I can do to to fix what's about to happen. Like, all I can really do is just say stop. But, like, I know it's not going to do anything. So, it's almost this resigned, like, we shouldn't be doing this. Like, we, like I made a mistake. But he already knows hmm. there's nothing he can do to stop it. Um, yeah. But, no, I, I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, the, the moment's a little aggravating for me. But it's brief. It's not a huge yeah. complaint. And other than that, there's nothing really for me to complain about. That final battle was just so cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you even have Gendo. You want to talk about manipulating um, Karuru. You even have Gendo kind of one-upping Sila, right? 
mm-hmm. <laughs> or I, that part was a little confusing to me. But another thing that I do appreciate in this film is just uh, some oh, of the, real quick. Yeah, you, you mentioned that Sila thing. Yeah, I love when they unplug them. Oh yeah, and we realize what Sila actually is. Right? Did you I notice did the? <laughs> did you well? Did you notice the image that's left? After I, I, I did recognize the image. It was like a yeah, snake. Their brains. What? No, their brains. Oh. So yeah, yeah. I mean that it, that image. But when he unplugs them, there's a brain huh. that's left. Afterwards, said something about soul. You know, like yeah. And like, so like, Sila, I thought that they were like people operating remotely, mm-hmm. but they're actually consciousnesses that are in a computer. Mm. Which is interesting. Yeah. Consciousness is, is a fun word. <laughs> yes, right? <laughs> uh, no, but another thing I liked about this movie is how even in this movie, Alex, you're still... And this is the way the whole Evangelion thing works, <laughs> right? Is you still are filling in gaps with information that you know from other films that just play a role in this film, even though it's completely different. Like when Fuyutsaki, is that his name? Gendo's right-hand man? Fuyutsuki. Uh, Fuyutsuki. He has that conversation with Shinji, and he references, I wonder if this is what Yui would want, or something along mm-hmm. those lines. And it doesn't go into his backstory in, at all in this movie, right? At all. Right. But you have that story from the series <laughs> <laughs> that you're just kind of bringing in as you're like assuming... Well, I guess that's part of this universe too, <laughs> right? You know, um, so that's really interesting. You're just, like you, you have more background information than the film is even giving you. <laughs> you have to watch all of it in order to f- form like a full picture of what these films yeah. are trying to do, which is really weird and kind of interesting. But to get back to the ending, uh, I thought the end seemed kind of like the beginning, uh, a bit too chaotic for me to keep up. But Ooh. I think I'm willing to forgive it. Because it did feel like it's setting up something bigger, which is weird because it was like huge. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're right. I don't know though. how they're gonna top that. But this movie, this movie does feel like set up. It it does, but mm-hmm. then you just like I'm walking on skulls and like I'm in this huge space battle and <laughs> we've got this white Eva angel unit thing and you're like, how are we getting bigger than this? I don't know. Right. <laughs> uh, the ending's action was certainly easier to follow than the beginning and more narrowly focused, which I liked. You know, there was definitely some fantastic choreographed moments. I like when uh, Asuka's sacrifice of unit, I liked Asuka's sacrifice of unit two to take out unit nine. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought the transformation of 13 as that white angel was just stunningly animated. But I'm kind of left with more questions than answers again. Which I said I liked when we were watching Neon Genesis Evangelion on the series. But here, as I've complained about before, the questions seem a little sprung on you versus arising gradually over time. Now, maybe you have the answers to some of these and I'm just a little late to the party. But I'm still asking myself, what the heck is the Human (laughs) Instrumentality Project doing at this point? What is this thing? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, what is Gun- Gendo trying to accomplish? Um, why were there two spears of the same type in that way? Like, how was Kaoru so wrong there? Uh, and mm-hmm. why did that matter? Where is Shinji and the gang going from here? 
<laughs> I did love seeing that final shot of the three pilots walking together because mm-hmm. it just gets me excited for where this film could end. Uh, <laughs> I'm very curious to watch this final movie, but I'm also like, I honestly don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Fully. You know, I have, I, I still care about the good part is, is I still care about these characters and I'm invested in them. But like, as far as the plot is concerned, I, I, no, just you know, I could just toss a coin in the air; it could land either way. I, I don't right. know. I don't understand the plot. <laughs> right, right. Uh, uh, you know, I have zero insight to any of those questions. <laughs> right. You're supposed to have um, all the answers, Alex. I know, and I, I don't. I mean, I th- you know, the human instrumentality project this time around is the same. They're just still trying to initiate it. I did like that Unit Thirteen. Uh, had a backup plan built mm-hmm. in. Kawaru was supposed to trigger it, but it's like when he died, it's like, oh well, good thing Shinji's in there because <laughs> we can use him too. Uh-huh. Um, I, I really like that element of it, but other than that, though, yeah, I have no idea. I got no clue. Uh, yeah. But I agree with you, though. Like, while all of these questions are really interesting, it doesn't quite feel as I don't want to say interesting, but it doesn't quite feel as fun or maybe uh thoughtful maybe as the main series mm-hmm. likely it's but it's like you said it's likely because we're thrown all of these things yeah uh within a really short period of time uh and like i feel like we're thrown the, the deep into lore uh, around the angels too like an even faster uh way than normal so it's yeah. like I just I'm not really which sure which way is up a lot. Like you know, I don't know what's going on with the spears, and I'm no I'm no help with answering these questions this time around because I just I can't really make sense of some of it. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what seems to be the return of normal Ray. It seems like she's kind of entering the corners of the mind of you know the clone. Yeah, uh, and I'm excited to see these pilots work together, and if the anti nerve team can take down nerve. Hmm. Um, there's some real insanity coming our way in the next movie. And I'm glad that it's so long because I did feel like this movie needed some more length. Yeah. I would have liked to just spend some more time with some of these characters. Um, especially, you know, new Oscar, uh, Oscar 14 years later, Masato, um, Ryuki. Is it Ryuki? No. Yeah. Ryuki. Um, and then we didn't even see, um, what's his name? Masato's boyfriend. What's his name? Kaji. Kaji. We didn't even see Kaji, did we? Yeah, no. Mm-mm. And so there's we a lot of... We did see... Uh, um, who's the new character? What, what's her name? Uh, oh, uh, Toji's sister, Mari? Sakura. Mari. Oh, Mari. Yeah, we yeah. saw her. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we still don't know who she is. So... <laughs> yeah, we no. don't. And I'm, I'm, you know... There's a lot of burden after this movie on the final movie. <laughs> yeah, there is. And there's a reason why it's long. Now, people seem to be happy with it, but we'll see. You yeah. know, I, I'm excited to see what we're going to think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't know about insanity, Alex. When have these movies ever been insane? I, You're I right. You're yeah, right. These I mean, are pretty I, tame. This is gonna, the next movie is going to be pretty tame, I think. Well, <laughs> what, hey. what if it's two and a half hours of just the last two episodes of <laughs> Evangelion? <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> it's just it's just clapping congratulations for two hours. Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, well, hey, on MVM Plus today, uh, we talk about 
the new Spider-Man something something home movie. What's it called, Alex? No way home. No way home. Then we talk about the trailer that we're hyped for. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. We talk about Eternals. We talk about the Paw Patrol movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's over there at patreon.com forward slash Pod, where you can become a bargain base mite and have access to our full catalog of MVM Plus episodes, which is about like 60 episodes now or something, Alex. Something crazy. It's uh, 65, 66 episodes yeah, now. pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Well, speaking of crazy, let's move into our coolest character, craziest character award, Alex. Who'd you have? Craziest character. <laughs> um, I picked Sakura Suzuhara, who's Toji's sister. Um, she's like the only warm character towards Shinji, despite what we learn later that Shinji probably is the result, uh, probably killed Toji. Did you did you like that little reveal that Toji may have been killed? Yeah, I, we don't I know. We don't know if he did or not. Yeah, but we know that. His clothes, he was, had to wear Toji's clothes, mm-hmm. uh, which was interesting. Now, she's very nice to him. She's very warm. And even when he breaks out, she's like, well, that'll go into my, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and bust out my most memorable line award because it goes okay. right into go ahead, it. But ahead. um, she says, uh, Mr. Akari, do what you want, but just don't pilot an Eva ever. Seriously, I couldn't handle that again. Mm. Which, to me, with that Toji moment, implies that Shinji's actions killed Toji. It, he may not have. Well, I'm hoping no, we I mean, find out for sure next uh, next movie. Uh, but but the thing is, Alex, is that everybody assumes... Well, I mean, I, th- I thought that Toji was killed in the... I guess it's called the Near Third Impact. And everybody blames Shinji for the Near Third Impact. Right. Um, so... That's what well, I, I don't think it was anything directly that he did. It was those actions that he took to try yeah. to save Ray. That's uh, what I'm saying. Yeah. It is, but, but everyone's blaming him. And I mean, it technically would be his fault, even if I don't know if I would blame him. Um, but, and, you know, she's forgiven him if she did, if he did kill him. Yeah. Uh, because everyone else around her blames him. They're all yeah. terrified of him. Yeah. And she is like pretty warm to him. Uh, even when he's escaping and she knows that the him getting into an Ava is a real possibility. Yeah. Yeah. My coolest character is Karu. Again, yeah. I just thought he was pretty pure in this movie. Um, really interesting because you know what to expect from him and you're kind of like waiting for him to turn on Shinji a little bit um, mm-hmm. to like kind of stick the knife in and twist because we've seen the series. I, I don't think that happens here. I, I don't think that's the same Karu that we have. Not that he was like this purely evil character in the series, but he definitely was hiding and, and I felt like manipulating Shinji more in the series than he was here. I love that part where he literally takes the burden from Shinji by taking his collar, um, his choker, you, you could yeah. say, um, and places that burden on himself. I mean, that was... Uh, quite the move and really cool. And I guess that leads me into my most memorable line award. And I think this is a, a pretty obvious one for me, Alex, is when uh, Karu and Shinji are looking up at the stars and Shinji says, it makes me happy to know that 14 years means so little up there. And hmm. you, you get that great shot of 
basically the infinite sky and a really interesting reflection on just like how minuscule our lives are in the face of this almost infinite cosmos. Uh, it's very Shinji, I think, but it's also, again, it kind of goes into this. I, I mentioned it in the series episode, this, this Western philosophical idea of the uh, kind of the interconnectedness of things, but also the nothingness of things. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what about your, your can't believe that voice acting award? So this one um, comes from, uh, I, I watched the Japanese version again, and this was actually Asuka's performance, Yuko Miyamura. Um, because I thought the way that Asuka was portrayed here was kind of interesting. Um, we haven't really talked about her yet, but she's 14 years matured. So she's, I wouldn't say she softened up towards Shinji. She calls Shinji a little brat, but she's not <laughs> as whiny <laughs> as she no. was before. She has no sense of like jealousy or um, any, she has a, she's very purposeful. She has a sense of purpose uh, as a character and I think that somehow comes across not just in the way the character is written, but in how the character is performed. So I thought her performance uh, was really well done in this film to show that she's still the same character. She's aged. She's matured a lot, um, but she still has some of those same tendencies. Pretty hard to pull off, but I think it was done well in this one. Yeah. Now, she hasn't really aged, Eric. But. She has not <laughs> aged in the physical, physical sense, way, but she has yeah. aged mentally and, and mature wise, I should say. People were really upset that they didn't explain that more when that movie came out. I remember. I'm just like, oh, really? They did it enough. Curse of the Avas. Okay, I got it. To me, if I was like, so if I was a big fan, I, which I, I guess I am a, a big fan of Evangelion, <laughs> but like if I had been anticipating this and had like, and like just a major fan of this movie my biggest complaint would be Masato um yeah Masato's because character the lack thereof the lack of Masato character yeah. and just the coldness of Masato's character which is why she got my I can't believe that voice acting award you like actually. that transition into that Alex I, <laughs> I did that was good thank you for that setup yeah no but I I actually think and this is uh I put Allison Keith who I I'm not a big fan of her portrayal of Misato compared to the original mm -hmm. or uh, the newer dub on Netflix, actually. <laughs> Calling it the but original, Alex, is I know, just about to I know. That was like people. super that insulting. That just this another one-star oh, review. That's all right. <laughs> we're, we're collecting them like they're Mario stars at this point. <laughs> um, so, um, so I, what I really liked is that her performance is so tame and like reserved like she has been through it and she's like not the fun loving misato anymore like she's been she's been scarred pretty seriously twice now uh by angel and or ava incidents i guess a angel ava incidents is sort of the same thing um but i I just really liked how understated she is in this. Like she actually showed that she has a range. It's not so like wacky. Um, and I think she does a really great job in this one. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I'm right with you there. Um, I, 
I, I, I don't, I didn't love her. <laughs> That's one of the reasons that I switched to the Japanese, but I did catch a glimpse of her performance in this one as I was, as some, sometimes the subtitles were, I, I watched this in multiple locations and sometimes the subtitles, uh, didn't work at the location, AKA school where I was watching this. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to watch a little bit in English and I did think her performance was strong. So good choice. What about your yeah. standout animated sequence? Mine's going to be the space battle, um, for Shinji's floating weird coffin. Um, uh, specifically the, the sequence where I mentioned it earlier, where she uses the grapple to get onto it, but she spins all the way around and then smashes down on top of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just that, that whole sequence is just crazy, especially yeah. for like, wh- things have been crazy for even but this is just, we haven't seen a, a space battle yeah. <laughs> with, yeah. e- with, with Eva's. Pretty so neat. it was just really fun and different. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, mine is a little bit different, and <laughs> it's the trippy <laughs> piano scene, um, <laughs> which I, I just liked it because I just love the piano. I just think the piano is an awesome instrument, mm-hmm. and just the physics of how piano works and the sound design of a piano is really fascinating to me. So to see it animated in that sort of way was really cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was my standout animated sequence. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 no, it's a good one. It's a really good one. It's pretty cool. Um, and then, uh, what about your "Can't Believe That Still" award? So this comes during that chaotic first thirty-one minutes that you talked about, Alex. Um, uh-huh. Or was it thirty-two? Something. Like it's, that. it's like thirty-two minutes. <laughs> that it comes from that that uh, sequence, and it's actually when Eva. I guess it's oh eight. It looks like Eva Eva zero. Breaks. Oh wait, is it? Uh, no, it's it's nine. Nine, it nine. That's right. Nine. It looks like zero breaks through, and uh, you've been hearing Ray's voice talking to Shinji, and it holds out its hand, and you have Shinji there, kind of teetering between staying and going, with Masato holding a gun at him. This is the best Masato He's moment. Got the, well, no, she's holding the the bomb. That's right. That's right. Not not the gun. The bomb. That's the, the best Masato yeah. moment is when she has that moment to trigger that and she lets Shinji go. Like it just yes. tells you that deep down she actually cares about Shinji still, you know, like mm-hmm. she has these feelings like she is hardening. She's had to like put a shell up around herself in order to pretend like she doesn't care, but she still does care. But <laughs> I can't mm-hmm. believe that still comes before that. And it's just that moment when Shinji is right there and the hands right there, and the face of the Ava is right there. Just that entire still was really cool. I was like, "Wow, like that is in your face and pretty awesome." Yeah, it is. What about it you? Is awesome. Mine's the uh, when they when they descend into that bottom area in Unit Thirteen, and you just see that over. It's not even. It's it's overhead, but it's kind of angled, and we see just all those skulls with mm-hmm. Lilith laying down. Yeah. Uh, or slumped over. Yeah. It's just so much interesting world building. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's such an interesting story that we don't know. Yeah. And I just love that. That imagery is just so cool. It's very, uh, before singular point. Now we know singular point just stole all the red dust from, uh, 3.33. <laughs> <laughs> I did think about that. I was like, Hmm, similar aesthetic here. 
Mm-hmm. Now we know. All right. Well, let's move into our rating and ranking. Alex, I'll be pretty quick with mine. Um, I've already I've already given you my complaints. Uh, yeah. But I also think there are there's plenty to love about this film, and I, I, I do think the animation and the music are quite stunning. I have a couple complaints about the character development, as I mentioned. A couple complaints about the the pacing being too chaotic at the beginning and even at the end. But it also does feel like an epic setup for the final film. And so I'm going to give this a three and a half out of five. Okay. Now, where do you rank it? It's been my least favorite, actually, of the rebuild. Ed, what did it actually? Did I get? Well, you know, you gave the other two fours out of five. Yeah. So I do think this is my least favorite of the rebuild series, but I could see that swinging. It, you know, like sometimes you need to see the entire thing before you can go back to appreciate something yes. before. You know, that, that happens sometimes, I think. So yeah. I, I'll probably be able to rank them better after I watch next week's film. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you? I, I'm similar to you. I I really enjoyed this one. Um, I, I loved how fast paced the the beginning and ending are, and I like that we take a lot of time to slow down after that blistering 32 minutes. Um, but I also have that that complaint of like we've. I love the mysteries. I just wish they hadn't been all thrown at us at once within like a 15 minute period, it felt like. Um, so there, there's a lot of questions here. And it's like you said, depending on the payoff, I think this film will probably waffle. Mm. I am going to put it at, like you did a 3.5. Mm. Um, I'm debating. So the, my, my internal debate on whether I like this more than the first movie is, should I knock the movie? Should I like it more than the first movie? Because the first movie just is largely a recap, a recap or a rehash of the series. You cannot. Is that, is that a fair assessment? I'm not sure. Um, right. But I'm going to put 3.33 above 1.11, mm-hmm. even though they were the same rating. Um, you know what? No, I want to put 3.33 as my last because I do like one point. I like 1.11 a lot. It is. It's really good. I feel like I probably <laughs> underrated it. And I just did that because it is a rehash, but it's so well done. Well, and you just think about, yeah, it is so well done. You think about Anno's process here. You can tell like he felt great or pretty great about the first half of his Neon Genesis Evangelion series. Yeah. Uh, and then he realized that he had to rush to kind of end this thing. <laughs> it's, it's what it seems like, right? Mm-hmm. So you still get some of these ideas at the beginning of the show. We said, you know, it's, it's not the same. This is obviously the biggest departure that we've seen so far. Right. But at the same time, there are still some of the similar ideas, I think, from where the series ended before the final two episodes and the ending that we get here. Um, which I think is, I think is fascinating. So, uh, it's like, what if he had been able to take his time and do what he wanted to from the beginning, we'd probably have something even more like this, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's what, that's what's really cool. That's what makes this Evangelion series and the Evangelion movies and TV show unlike anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And and apparently, (laughs) 
<laughs> Apparently, he went into a depression after this film, just like he did after he finished this series. That's a, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he this said it was like is, equal. Yeah, I was like, oh, this film ends in a dark place, um, but it's also kind of hopeful too, right? Just because of that final like, shot, yes, and and it's like but similar that's, to yeah. the end of Evangelion. Also, I thought, right? Like, um, yeah, it kind of ends in the same place as end of Evangelion slash the end of the series before those final two episodes in that there is that camaraderie, not it's hard to call it camaraderie. There is that connection between those three pilots. um, That's there. And you see Asuka pull Shinji out and, and and kind of be commanding with him. Um, I'm really curious to see how that goes because Asuka has not had the role in this rebuild series as she had in the series. Uh, no. the, like the actual series. So I'm curious if they, they use her character more in this final film. I, I hope they do. Um, I hope each, I, I think each character will probably get their due in this final film. And I'm excited to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ho- I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. But yeah, I'm like you, I can't wait. Yeah. Well, as always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MVM underscore pod on letterbox for Alex Cornette and Eric Neely. Email us nvmpod at gmail.com or leave us feedback at nvmpod.com. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash nvmpod and receive weekly bonus off-the-cuff episodes. And if you feel so led, leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews can really help. Monsters vs. Bed is produced by Alex Cornette. Executive producers are Faye Basier and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, Senior Honda, Jude the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next week, try to stay alive. You cannot rehash.